0: The Following audios from the chapel at Fishhawk. More information about the chapel at Fishhawk is available at www.thechapelfh.org. Y'all, this is weird, right? So it's, um, I need to ask for God's grace. I was probably a little grumpy towards certain groups last service, so I'm going to try to continue that strain of grumpiness this service for you. Uh, Father, help me to be tender and kind. And compassionate to those <laughs> who are being, s- and my brain says foolish Lord not the people that are self quarantining not th- but the people who are saying dumb things about you that aren't true help me to love those people and help this service God to, to encourage to embolden to reduce our addiction to bad news and turn our hearts and minds toward your good news. Lord, help us to overcome fear, not just by white-knuckling our way through things that might make us afraid, but by turning to your eternal promises and who you are. I ask that you would do these things this morning. In Jesus' name, all God's kids said, amen. I didn't know who would come today because there are many churches canceling services all over, but I did know that one person who always comes to first service said, I'm coming no matter what. And he texted me preemptively because there's churches that are canceling. And amongst pastor groups, we all, we text each other from time to time. And a lot of my pastor friends here and in California, like, are you doing services this week? What are you doing at your services? What are you going to talk about? Are you going to do this or that? I said, I'm going to go to my services and I'm going to talk about the good news of Jesus is what I do every other week. And it's what I'm going to do this week. And it's what I'm going to do next week. It's what I'm going to do even if you're not here, because I need to hear the good news of Jesus all the time. So I told my pastors, I said, we're meeting. I said, we're going to do online. I was like, you do online. And because I'm the pastor that apparently I I just don't, I have a different way of thinking. They all told me, we're not doing this because we're afraid. I said, I never said that you were afraid. But now I'm wondering. We're we're just doing it because of CDC. And I was like, look, man, there's no judgment here. If you're at home watching... First service, it was a lighter crowd, but it was more people watching than we'd ever had watching during a service. At one time, I was like, dang, look at all those people there, sitting in their Clorox baths at home. You know, it's. Uh, I just told them, so we're going to gather. and I'm going to keep gathering. Because this, like the whatever happened, first service and this service, God was just lighting me up this morning. I was dancing. I almost turned into like a charismatic Pentecostal person up here. I literally worshiped so hard. And this is not me like saying, oh, I'm so amazed. It's God so amazing. I sweat so bad. I started to smell like I'd gone on a jog. So I literally had to baby wipe off between coming up here. This, this is the God we serve. And, and today it's not so much of a sermon as it is a, a reading of scripture. In Psalm 1, it tells us to meditate on the law of the Lord day and night. So I want to read scripture. I don't want you to read along with me in your own Bibles. I want you to either close your eyes and let this wash over you because of what's been going on. I put these things up here. You guys are hoarding some of this stuff. I forgive you if you're reselling it on Amazon for 500% profits and tithing on that. That's okay. You guys, I have 11 people that live in my house right now. Literally stopped buying the toilet paper. I had to install a bidet in my bedroom. Okay. Now let's get on to the Jesus stuff. This is Isaiah 41.10. Fear not. And God gives us a reason. He doesn't say don't fear. He says fear not. I am with you. Be not dismayed. For I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Philippians 4.6-7 says, do not be anxious about coronavirus, but in everything. See, what God does is he doesn't just give you a command. He gives you a replacement for the area that's broken. So if anxiousness is broken in your life, if you find yourself worrying and fretting, replace it with prayer. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Psalm fifty-six, three. when I am afraid, I put my trust in you. Memorize that. 2 Timothy one, seven. for God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. If you have a spirit of fear in you, it's not from God, so you don't have to hold on to it. Now, all of these verses, again and again and again, Deuteronomy 31.6, be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of coronavirus. For it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Psalm 34, 4, I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all of my fears. I mean, this goes on and on and on. Do not fear, be strong and courageous. Now, something has to be said. When God says in his word, do not fear, he knows that we will fear. It is okay for that emotion to pass through us as long as it passes through us. There's There's a lot to be wondered about. I've had people texting me questions. My son asked me a question. One of the ones that I've been texted multiple times. Pastor Ryan, is this the end times? Jackson doesn't call me Pastor Ryan. He just calls me Dad. Is this the end times? Is this the plagues that we read about in Revelation in the Action Bible? It could be. You know what the Bible says about end times? From the time that Jesus died, rose again, and ascended, we've been in what the Bible calls end times. We are waiting for the day when God will rip the sky open and it all will be done. I've also heard pastors say dumb things. (laughs) I heard one pastor tell his congregation via video that if you are a true believer, the coronavirus will not enter you. This is, that's the face I made with this sound. (laughs) Can you imagine a virus though? Just walking around. It's Corona time. You know, just looking around for a friend. And he walks up to your heart. And it just says, Have you said the Lord's Prayer? You have? Okay, I'm going over to the pagan next door. It's weird. If you have enough a faith, God will heal you. Guess what? God will heal some and won't heal others. If we're going to let the God who we've been talking about give us peace, we have to understand who it is we're talking about. I'm not talking about The God of willy-nilly, flimsy power. I'm talking about the God who holds all life, all death. Your life and my life is a vapor. Here, today, gone tomorrow. It's a flower that blooms up and then dies. No matter what you think about God, I need you to rest it in the God of the Bible. If this is the God you believe in, press into this God. Because this God says that bad things can happen to anybody. In 2004, some of you will remember the tsunami, happened on a Sunday, earthquake in the Indian Ocean, tsunami rips through part of Asia, kills 200,000 people, 200,000 people like this. That's something that we know is historically, factual, empirically proven. It happened, boom. Now I want to tell you something that's spiritually and theologically declared in the Bible. When Jesus is in the midst of a storm, he looks at the waves, and literally in the Greek, he basically says, shut your mouth, waves and wind. Shut. And they said, who is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? It is Jesus, the one who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if you take that theological statement and the reality of a tsunami that kills 200,000 people, could God have stopped the natural disaster? Yes. God is not in some closet, sniffing Clorox wipes right now. He's not caught off guard by the coronavirus. He's not up in heaven thinking, if I could only figure out the vaccine for this thing. What God says is this, difficulty will come in this world. Romans 8 says that creation was subjected to futility because of sin. It's groaning out saying, when do we get freed from brokenness? And God says, just hold on. My plan is to adopt these kids into my family. And I'm not going to stop this world from going around its circles of brokenness and pain until I get every last one that will come to me. So God, in the midst of not just coronavirus, in the midst of cancer, in the midst of accidents, God says, I am in control. Do you believe it? Not up here. Because we in this room, we believe a lot of things up here that they haven't squeezed down the pipe into our heart. We know, we'll say and sing, God is in control, Our God's all powerful. But you guys, there's no stinking toilet paper in Hillsborough County. I have 11 people in my house. I have a bidet because you all are buying the toilet paper. And maybe it's not you all, maybe it's you guys that are watching at home. I don't know. I don't know who's got it, but somebody's got it and I might need it. So I was praying. Lord, help me to be kind because here's the reality of it. We need to do exactly what God is calling us to do with wisdom. My wife has told me because they're, they're saying all these things on the, on the news. It's bad news is bam, bam, constant. The Dow is falling. Stocks are plummeting. People are getting sick. Yes, yes, yes. It's probably worse. The coronavirus probably worse than some of you think it is. Some of you are like, that's eh, no big deal. I'll tell you what, I was watching a, one of the newscasters talking about how this primarily affects the elderly, and then they went on and said, "So if you're over the age of 50," and I was like, "Wait, what? <laughs> Excuse me, <laughs> my birthday's this month. I'm not gonna put my number higher because I don't want that." My wife said, "It's it's only affecting people who are elderly who have breathing problems and have." you know, health complications. So why would we worry? I was like, because your dad. It is serious. There are people with illnesses that should self-quarantine, stay home. But we should do not only what we are thinking is the right thing to do, but what the, what the God of the universe is calling us to do. Because we don't need to fear because he's with us. And that implies that we are with him. That he is calling us along, saying, walk this way. And we're saying, yes, Lord. I will go this way I was praying for the coronavirus in the chapel which is not here yet in Hillsborough area which I believe it is here in one or so cases in Florida in the the country and in the globe I was praying and something came over me God just said go care for the homeless On, on social media and on the news, you see all the suburban people, and that's all the news is. You see videos of people fighting over toilet paper and, uh, give me this out of the cart. I'll give you guys a pro tip. This is coming from a, an experienced, well-practiced germaphobe. If you want to get toilet paper and there's none on the shelves, but you see some in somebody's cart, you walk up to their cart, you stick your tongue out, and you lick it right down. They will throw that. You just lick, cough, sneeze, ha! Ah! You get, you get toilet paper. You could probably get it for free. They won't even want to check it out. And you may think, ah, is that maybe, Yeah, it's funny. You would do something like that. But let me tell you the the real cowardness of it, something that was in my heart this week. I went to Publix to buy normal things, just ice cream and fudge-covered drumsticks, okay? And I went there with my daughter, and I'm walking like we do at Publix. You look down the line to see which one you want to go in to get through fastest, because I don't like lines in general, because I don't like germs. Before coronavirus, I was a germaphobe. And I literally go into one of the 10 or less lines. And I'm looking at, just to see how many items people had. Because I'm also that guy who will be like, that's 12. Get out. No, I don't do that. But I look in line. And this lady just got cold medication. Like NyQuil, DayQuil, Tissue, Sudafed, Clarity, whatever this stuff was. And I did one of those like, okay, which line's going to be? Not this line, Savannah. Keep going. And I was, I didn't do it. I want to go behind a guy that has toilet paper so I can spit on it and get some. And I thought later, it all kind of came together in my prayers and thinking, who's caring for the, the homeless in Tampa? Thousands of homeless people. We're scared to go around other people here. People, those, you guys, it smells like hand sanitizer in the lobby today. You could smell it over the paint fumes. Every other person whose hand I've shook was dripping with some gelatinous material and I'm okay with that. All I'm saying is this. This is what God called me to do. He said, go and feed them and bring them things. I posted late last night, so I was like, no one's going to bring anything. Someone watching the first service came and just brought these. They're like, hey, there you go. One of the dads came up and said, I checked my son's diaper. It wasn't poopy, so you keep these. I'll get my ones at home, and I'm just going to collect cleaning things And I'm just going to go downtown a few times this week and buy pizzas and sandwiches and hot dogs. Because you know what? Nobody's buying pub subs at the Publix right now. There's a free open line over there. I'm going to go get a bunch of subs, go downtown, give people wipes, baby wipes, and sit down. And God said not to just go like Mrs. Doubtfire drive-by fruity them, but go sit with them. Because right now, even even us in here, we're like, how many of these did you give out today? I gave out a few. One person came up to me and I was like, huh? And they put their foot out. No, huh? (laughs) I was like, okay. (laughs) God said, I want you to go see them. Don't just give them something and leave. These people need to know that you see them. Because when Jesus came, there were places called leper colonies with lepers. They were untouchables, people that others didn't want to touch you know what? I am a germaphobe before this. And God says, go do this. But Lord, what if I get Corona? Ryan, go. Okay. I'll go. It's not because I've got some special boldness or bravery in me, but I put this book in front of my face all week and I was going to do the sermon on the Trinity, which is going to get bumped a week. And I kept just reading. I don't need to be afraid. What's the worst thing that could possibly happen to me? Coronavirus enters me. And then everyone I live with, and then maybe people pass away. And God says to me, I've taught you differently because this is the reality. This is our whole life. This crack is where we were born. At the end of the crack is where we die from this world. And that is the rest of our life. And we're down here in this crack. We're like, coronavirus It's going to kill this part of my life. You know what's going to kill this part of your life? Life. Ten out of ten people die. I know that we seem to forget this. And I know if you're under 20, you're thinking like, wait, we die? Yes. And it changes you when you realize. It sobers you up. Everyone say hi to Don and Jesse. I'm glad you guys stayed for second service. They were here first service. Yeah. If you remember, last week I introduced, you know, in this family, we... And one of the, the things I introduced was, in this family, when someone has a need, we will sell things to help meet their need. So they have a need. They fell off a motorcycle. 99 feet, they skipped down the 41 highway. They had a near-death experience that changed them. Some of you, I hope, are changing right now. And I've I, I verified this first service, but I didn't ask them before service. I just said, I'm willing to bet that Don will never ride on the back of Jesse's motorcycle again, ever, to which Don said, he won't let me. (laughs) I didn't have to ask ahead of time. I just knew because I saw Jesse's eyeballs when they were in the hospital and he had not seen his bride. The last time he saw his bride, she was unconscious on the street. And I saw on his eyeballs, she is never getting on the back of a motorcycle again. Now, what will be interesting, is if she lets him get on the motorcycle. Don't be sexist. Okay. Now, I'm sure, and I talked with my wife about it, you know, about what will change. And I said, you got to watch, you got to watch how people change. Every time as a pastor walking with families through immense tragedies, children passing away, people taking their own life, freak accidents, diseases, etc., people always change. Something changes in your brain. God uses the pain, and he says, I'm not going to waste this pain. I'm going to use it to press you into me in a new way that you weren't going before. So I'm, I'm just watching. It's like an experiment. Like, How are they going to change, Lord? I'm praying that the church will wake up. If this whole thing does anything, I ask that it would wake up believers To not just say, what's safe for me? What's safe for my family? What can I do to prevent the virus? But to say, Lord, what do you want me to do? Come hell, high water, or death? What do you want me to do? Because in our church culture, we pray for safety. And it's okay to pray for safety. You know when they prayed for it in the Bible? When the guy gets rocks thrown at him, he's left for dead outside the city. He gets up and goes back in. Lord, I pray that next time they throw rocks at me, I can live again. I get it, though. It's scary. It is scary. And we shouldn't just say, do not fear, stuff it down. We should let the fears come in and say, okay, I understand why I have this fear, because people are actually dying, because elderly people are at higher risk, and I love elderly people, but I don't have to let this fear stay in me. Psalm 23 says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Right now, there's a shadow cast by valleys, the death of a valley. It's a shadow cast all over us. The psalm says, walk through that bad mammer jammer. Don't camp out in it. Don't be like, eh, I'm in the valley of the shadow of death. It looks like a good place to set up rent. Walk through it. How do you walk through it? You acknowledge who is your shepherd. His rod and his staff will guide you and lead you through the valley of the shadow of death. You don't have to let anxiety cripple you. You're able, we are able to instead... Replace fear with faith that God is who he says he is. Pastor Ryan, what if we get this? What if we die? We are one inch on this stage. That's your life. One inch, then you move to eternity. That's it. And I know it's hard to get that. It's a mental concept and I just want you to think about it until God begins to stuff it down into your heart. Because it changes the way that you live and function and love people. It changes the way... Ryan, ten years ago, is not going down during a pandemic, and giving out food to people. Like, you don't understand that the level of my germophobia is deep. Every Sunday before coronavirus, I would count the number of handshakes I did, and when I got to ten, I would sanitize. That's that's me. And now God's like, you go. And in my brain, I feel like He's up there like, go. And I'm like, Lord, what if, what if, what if, what if my father-in-law dies and then my wife kills me? Just go. I'm, I'm fretting about this little line. Here's why we don't have to fear. Because it's a very famous verse that God knows. That, that we've said many times. For God works all things together for good. God works all things together for what? And let me read God works coronavirus pandemics together for? God works horrendous accidents in pain for? God works the death of loved ones in our life for for those who are called according to his purpose. It is bewildering to me that we have quoted that verse so poorly to people. Like, don't say that to someone who's, who's in a terrible place. Like, they lost their child or something, or they get the coronavirus. They'll be like, God works all things together for good. There's a pastoral way to navigate those, where you can teach the truth without beating somebody with it. But here, today, right now, as far as I know, none of us got it. And if one of us got it, then all of us got it. Except for you guys. Way to go, smart ones. Here's the truth. Do you believe it right now when it's steady? Because that will change the way you operate. Do you believe that in the midst of these pains, all things, the worst things, the most tragic things, work together for good? And here's why we struggle to believe it. Because all we see is what's around us. We are living in a bad news moment. I put out a challenge to first service, and I want to give it to you. Only watch the news twice a day. Because the news right now is bad news. And instead of, and let me clarify, because I know how some of you do. You can't turn it on at 6 a.m. and keep it on all day. Like, let's say 30 minutes counts as one time on. So if you watch an hour in the morning, just that's it. you filled up your bad news tank and replaced it with good news. Good news of a God who loves us cannot be separated from us. Is not in some corner trying to ponder how to manufacture a vaccine. The God who is the God over the waters of the tsunami and is God over every virus. He could stop it in an instant. He could halt it. He could slow it. He can allow it to spread and run its course. And he's doing it because he is working in his perspective of all time, space, and power, saying, I'm doing something and it's for good even though you can't see it because we are one thread in this tapestry. In the tapestry is God saying, I'm going to maximize the number of people who will receive my love and be brought into this family forever. So in that, I'm sorry, I'm spitting like crazy at you guys. It's you got what I got, you got. Okay. That's a Presbyterian baptism I'm giving you. Sprinkle, not dunk. Is in this thread of the tapestry. And we're like, God, this, this thread sure looks bleak and dark. Well, yeah. Because God's wiring a picture of his love that shines out in the, in the face of darkness. And it, it, with darkness as the backdrop, God, for his whatever reason, said, I'm going to let this world, because Adam and Eve or humanity, the whole creation was subjected to futility, Romans 8. So I'm going to let it go through these cycles of pain and death and disease because I want people to wake up. I want people to look to me to say, I need a savior. Maybe you didn't have that need Just from hearing a sermon, maybe what it takes for you is something wild and drastic. But God's going to do it because he loves you. He's not up there saying, who can I smite with my almighty smiter? I've heard pastors this week say, God, is this is God's judgment on sinful nations. I was like, newsflash, idiot. There's only such a thing as sinful nations. There's no righteous nation just like plucked out in the middle of Madagascar. We are a holy people, always perfect, never sinned. I've heard people say in posts, "If you truly believe, then you will not get the coronavirus." I've heard people rebuke the coronavirus in Jesus' name. And look, pray for healing. Pray for God to remove it. Pray for God to withhold the tide of it from coming. But at some point, you got to ask yourself, "Am I talking to a virus?" I rebuke you, coronavirus. <laughs> I read that, so. It- I don't think you understand how molecular things work. They don't have ears. Well, the Lord can speak to them. I didn't know I was talking to the Lord Jesus Christ right now. We can speak to God and say, Lord, your will be done. Your kingdom come on earth that is in heaven. Help me this day to not fear because you're with me. Help me this day to not be anxious, but instead replace my fears with faith and prayers to you. Help me this day, Lord. And then get to the point where you can finally say, God, whatever it is that you're calling me to do, tell me to do it. And don't try to tune out God if he gives you a radical idea. Because you could fly to China right now for like 250 bucks round trip. You fly right into Korea. God would never tell me to, oh, ho, 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 When one of our families was thinking about adopting, it's one of my favorite stories at the chapel. The dad went to the son and said, we're just going to pray about it. And the son said, no, daddy, we can't pray because God will just say yes. And they've now adopted two kids with a third one on the way. (laughs) The Lord would never send me to, guess what the Lord, I, you guys, I'm going to go down into Germtown this week. I don't know if I'm going to give as many of these away as I'm going to use on myself. Lord, should I wear a mask? It's not going to help. Okay, away we go. I didn't even get to clear it with my wife. She's going to say, you cannot do that. And I'll say, okay, Holy Spirit Junior. (laughs) That's not what I would say. Amy, you are so lovely. I hope you feel better today. (laughs) Are you afraid, fam? Of course not. I'm talking to the people who are here, but it's okay. Don't just say, "Ah, oh, I can't be afraid. That's bad. That's bad. Yeah, it's bad, but it's not the fear itself. It's the fact that we are putting something in a higher power place than God. We're dwelling too much on this little crack that is our life and not on the eternity that exists before us. My wife is texting me. <laughs> Turn off the live stream now, Hoodie. check out this verse. I've been reading Psalm 91 over and over again. This is, if this isn't today, I don't know what is. The one who lives under the protection of the most high dwells in the shadow of the almighty. Don't live in the shadow of fear, live in the shadow of the almighty. If you want something big and bad that can actually do things, God can. He can not only destroy our body, he can destroy your soul. So think about that. And now look at this. This is like for us. I will say concerning the Lord, who is my refuge and my fortress, my God and whom I trust, he himself will rescue you from the trap, from the destructive plague. It's in the Bible. We're going to get rescued from coronavirus one way or another. Do you believe it? That's literally it. If you, if you need help, if you're like, okay, how do I meditate on Bible passages? I can't recommend this resource enough. I use it every week, if not every day. There's a website called openbible.info slash topics. Or you can just go to Google and type in, what does the Bible say about? And when you look at the results, look for the one that says from open Bible. Openbible.info slash topics. Because here's what they do. This one, there's eight pages. What does the Bible say about Fear and anxiety eight pages and there's no commentary there's no videos there's no opinions from other people it's just verse after verse after verse and when i meditate i'll just read it and then go slowly through these things fear not okay god fear not why because i am with you okay you're with me that's why i won't fear do not be dismayed why for i am your god okay I will strengthen you. I will, help, and I'll read it, and then I'll memorize it, and then I'll break it down, and I'll, I'll circle words, like circle the words. When the Bible says, therefore, ask what the therefore is there for. When the Bible says the word for, say, okay, wait, for, there's a connecting verse. I don't have to do this fear because, or for, God did this. Don't just turn this Bible into principles of like, don't be afraid, don't be angry, don't sin, don't do that, blah, blah, Say, why don't I have to do it, Lord? He always gives you a why every time he gives you a what? He says, I want you to do this. That's what I do. Why do I do it? He always gives you a reason. He's not this God that's arbitrarily just like, because it's funny to me. He's given you a reason and it's always going to come back to him. If you think that the God of the universe is not in control of this, I don't know how we could believe that he was in control when he let his son get crucified to a cross. When he let all of our punishment for sin and death and brokenness fall onto Jesus. God was in control in that moment of history when the most heinous, horrendous act that has ever been committed and unleashed in the world was unleashed. God was in total control. He is not cowering from some virus. This one, or the next one, or the next one. Because every two years, we have one. Who will we trust? Whom will we fear? Will we spend our life hoarding toilet paper to get us through this tiny little crack? That's a pun intended. Or... I know, dad jokes. Or will we say, Lord, what do you want me to do today? Because some of you are going to be called to do some radical things. Some of you are going to be called to self-quarantine. Some of you are going to be called to simply love your neighbor, to bring a meal to someone. Do what God is calling you to do. Live for him, not fearing what comes next. Because in my opinion, from what I can tell, and I'm not a super smart guy. I mean, I went to Bible college and seminary. I've run clinical trials for... Various drug companies. And I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, this is going to get a whole lot nastier. This thing's contagious. And you all actually showed up today. You know how many churches are not even gathering? They're just doing online today. You know what though? I drove by St. Stephen's. I'm like, I ain't letting the Catholic Church outdo me, baby. They got a Pope. I got a king. Well, they got a king too. That's mean. See, you guys, I'm in a bad place today. I'm sorry, Lord. That's mean. There are brothers and sisters. But don't don't look down at those who are self-quarantined. Don't look down at churches who aren't gathering. We pray that God will use this moment to wake us up from the slumber that has been Christianity light. Pray that God will wake us up and teach us who to fear and why. Pray that God will wake us up and set our hearts aflame with love for others. Whatever that means for you, do it. Don't let me or anyone else tell you otherwise, the God of the universe has a plan and he's writing a tapestry. And right now we're on a thread that feels shaky. But when you zoom out and see the big picture, 10,000 years from now, we're gonna be like, look at what you did, God. Look at what you did. The people that can come. The Sunday after 9-11, churches in New York City were packed because people died. If you don't think that God has done this in the past, has worked this way, not out of vengeance, but out of love, knowing who will come and who will not, you're missing something. Let's pray for people to come to Jesus in new and radical ways. Let's pray for our lives to change in significant ways. Just watch Jesse and Don and see what happens. They almost just died last week. Like, literally, I don't know how they got out of it concussion-free. I mean, Jesse can't smile because his lip is stitched shut. Don's got an interesting tooth situation. If you weren't here last week, family rule: sell something to help someone. They're going to need some help why don't you do that for me? I will. You come to me after you fly down the freeway 99 feet and almost die. It will help you out. If you need wipes, I will sell one wipe to you, five bucks each per wipe. If you want to get sanitized for me, you got to come with me down to the homeless people this week sometime. So let's, let's be the church. For crying out loud. We're only here in this little sliver to lead people into the family. The rest is just without disease, without pain forever. Can we do it? All things. How many things? Work together for what? For those who are called according to his purpose. God, we need you to take over. Lord, the pastors or the and the Christians who were saying they're not afraid, and we Lord, it's okay to be afraid, and you told tell us in the Bible, do not fear, because you know we're gonna. But help us not to live there. Help us to use fear as a flag that waves to our brain and soul. says, run to faith in God. Lord, I know that we will experience these things in the coming weeks. I'll be here. I pray that you will be with each person in this room right now. Not the first service, not an inner gathering right now for these people, Lord. Speak to them on who they're called to love and how you want them to do it. Give them boldness to press into your mission. Knowing that this life, this little slice of time is almost gone for all of us anyway. Wake up the church in the West, Lord. Help us to make disciples who make disciples who love you and love others. In Jesus' name, all God's kids said, amen.